you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 139. What's up, Neil? What's up, man? I'm going to have a... 139? We don't record too many podcasts on a Friday night, it's so a, this is a... This is a buck Pretty cool. Yeah. we go nuts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a great guest, an old-time friend of the podcast back, Oliver oh, Siani. Yeah. Welcome, Oliver. Great to be back. Yeah, man. Good to have you here. And actually, what I'm sitting here doing is trying to go over when... Oliver's been here before. So episode, this is 139. Oliver was on episode 25. 25. 25. Early on. Early days, man. The early days. Oh, yeah. That was with uh, with the full band. And then you came, I think, didn't you come back on for a 5-4? A 5-4 with Blind Feline or something? Like I, I hate to go back and they they were uh, one of the early one shots too. And I hate to go back and look at those old videos. Oh, man. We, we actually owe you an apology. <laughs> Oh man, no. Trust me, I I do too, just from a musical standpoint. You know, I think a year and a half or however, uh, what, two, three years now, uh, a lot can happen. Oh, has. yeah. We've definitely gotten better. You've definitely gotten better, man. So it's uh, not that, you know, you're well, already good. We did have several bourbons that night, too. Several bourbons. <laughs> Party didn't end after that. And we actually got a, uh, what are we, we going to call Brent? Guest host? Guest co-host. There you go. Hey, Call it's glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> He's probably been there as as much as anybody. Like your dad, your dad and Brent have been that spot. So Oliver Brent's. Uh, he knows Brent. Brent's joining the Top Hill team, man. Sweet. I yeah. thought he already was in the team. He really yeah, he is. Was, but now, now we're gonna put him. Yeah, to work. we're gonna I make was, him. I was an honorary member. <laughs> now they're yeah. Now he's got to earn his money. <laughs> which is... Which is zero. Zero, so... <laughs> so we'll, we'll quadruple your pay right now. All right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, Oliver, man. It's been a long time, so we're just going to start over with you, man. Why don't you, uh, why don't you take us back to childhood and tell us your early memories in music and kind of walk us through the musical journey for your... Uh, up to where you are now. Yeah, man. Been interested in music forever uh, about the age of 12 or 13 me and my buddies in uh, East Tennessee where we grew up in the Cumberland Gap started messing around uh, with instruments and yeah there's people around that that had played some but I'd say the internet played a huge role in helping us with that mm-hmm. um, you know we we originally learned from the OGs the, the old school, the old heads that were 
sitting around picking or that were big fans of music. Like my best friend's dad, best friend Levi, his dad passed us on a lot of music and got us, you know, kept us interested in it. And, um, yeah, we just kept, we just kept doing it and it just, it just felt so natural to just get together and play. Was it always guitar for you? Yeah. Um, Early on? That was the big, that was the big love, but, uh, I played some saxophone and piano <laughs> through school. So. Yeah, man. I, uh, I know guitar is the instrument. I see it, but you play. You do a little bit of everything. It's hilarious. It's like, all right, what's what's you picking up this time? Oh, it's the sax. Yeah. All right, yeah. we're playing the sax today for this gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the sax, uh, kind of related to that. I think it's very worth mentioning. Uh, a teacher I had, Linda Smitty, back in the day. I was the band teacher where I learned sax. She was a huge influence because the type of music that they played made band, not that band is not cool, but it made it like really, really cool. What would, oh, they, yeah. what would they play? Okay, so they played Ozzy Osbourne. Ah, okay. They played, uh, like that was the first thing I heard them play when they were doing a little display at the beginning of the year in middle school. Had it been crazy train? No. It what? was actually... Paranoid? I don't want to stop. What? <laughs> right after, uh, do you know that one I've, yes so yeah it, it's kind of a, a deep cut but like it's weird because my sister another influence I heard it on her iPod and I was like oh man that riff it's just everything about it's so cool it has a badass feeling that's wild to it rather than some of the classical stuff and other stuff that you think band would be um, so yeah they're playing I Don't Want to Stop with this, only had 10 members in the band. Usually bands like that have like, you know, a lot, 10 or 20. So it was a band. small band. Huh? Small band, but they were yeah. loud. They were loud. Was it all brass? Um, And percussion. Okay. Yeah. Were you in the band? Uh, from that moment on, yes. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. They gotcha. Hey, I was telling Neil, man, I was... uh. I was just kind of shooting around, Googling your name like I always do since you're coming in, see if I could find out anything new. And I did, man. <laughs> it looks like like you were a pretty good soccer player in high school. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's on there? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, dude, he, what, went, he went deep. So let me tell you what I found out about O'Oliver here, man, because I, I went to his recruiting file. Not only was he, <laughs> he, like, he led the team in... I don't know if he led the team in goals. I don't know. Did you lead the uh, team in goals? No, no, not goals. Okay. Led, led de the defense. Defender, yeah. Yeah, okay. But here, here, get this. 4.0 GPA and 29 on the ACT. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what? Man. I'm not surprised, yeah, man. School was my way of, of getting kind of started with what I wanted to do. So you most know. of the time, Oliver's the smartest guy in the room, but unfortunately, Brent's in here with yeah, him tonight. Dude, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. This, too kind. this guy was just called the smartest man in JCPS by Marty Polio. So maybe, <laughs> I don't know. We should have a smart yeah. off. Let's do it. Let's do a test. No, I'm just kidding. Let's but, not. I hope they didn't show how many red cards I got in soccer. <laughs> on there. So you have a little bit of a temper? I can't imagine that, man. Oh, I never, I never had a temper. It was just aggressive play, kind of. Uh, yeah, it was just the way that I played. I really liked defending, defending in soccer. 
there's an art to it. A lot of people don't know about it, especially in this area and in, in the area I grew up in. Uh, but me and my boys, the same guys who played music with, soccer was just as much of a love. We'd go around the town playing. We'd make little games up that was kind of our own rules. Dude. So. Soccer is, cannot be a super popular sport in, in the Cumberland Gap. Oh, no. In the hills of Tennessee. <laughs> I just couldn't imagine that. We had to take bus drives like pretty far away into like Greenville and uh, Elizabethan, playing these huge schools and Knoxville schools and stuff like that, Christian academies. So we'd have to drive really, really far to get beat really, really bad. <laughs> their school has way more soccer funding and, and better players and all this stuff. And we were a bunch of lunatics out there. <laughs> so how, how big was your school? About 500. And then most of these schools are probably, you know, 1,500 to ER yep. or more. Yeah. And how far away from Knoxville were you guys? An hour. An hour from Knoxville? That's deep, man. <laughs> yeah, I just found that interesting, yeah. man. I, it's interesting. It's not surprising for some reason. So do you still... Uh, the man of mystery. Uh, can you still, like, I know soccer players can run forever, man. Can you still do that? I lost that completely. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't run anymore, huh? Oh, no. I can't even drive far without getting out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, uh, you and your your boys in uh, the neighborhood or wherever you met up with these guys, did you he guys... Said neighborhood. <laughs> in the, did you have a neighborhood? In the, in the, cat, in the woods? Yeah, it kind of was a... It, the gap is kind of like a little neighborhood in the woods. You should call Just, it a holler. Yeah, we grew up in the holler. You and the yeah. boys in the holler. Yeah. So we, we how, how old were you guys when y'all started? Um, started Not soccer, playing. music. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say we were about 12. Okay. What was... The, the main thing that you were listening to, and is that what you started playing? At that time, we were listening to, or I was listening to Randy Rhodes All right. with Ozzy Osbourne, um, which led me to Black Sabbath, got big into them, and Jimi Hendrix. Those that's are like awesome. the very first when I was twelve. I mean, it's hard not to fall in love with uh, guitar if you if those are the things yeah. you listen to. It's like, dude, everything drives all that stuff. And then, especially like you get into Jimmy, there's so much of the melodic stuff that it kind of catches your feels, even as a young kid. For some reason, mm -hmm. some of that melodic tone that it's just I don't know. He probably does that for everybody though. So when you guys were you know picking all this up, did you kind of uh, stand out as the as the one who just came to him a little more easily and take off with it? Actually with with my group of boys we're there's very few of us uh and we're all they're all killing it. Yeah. Um you know I would say it came very, very there's a there's a certain drive that I have that like I'm just a crazy person sometimes and I just do insane amounts of you know, I go to very far, disciplined, far lengths. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would say so. Um, because of my parents. Um, but yeah, all of my friends at that time, they're killing them. my friend Matt in Knoxville. He's got a band together. Um, the lost sound department, they're going to drop a, uh, album soon. Uh, 
my buddy Sammy plays a little bit. He he like does some keyboard and singing. Um, so when we get together, it's it's a big jam session. You know, it's it's not. Um, and then we all actually play in in a band together. Um, that gets together like once a year. Is that right? I think I've seen the Instagram post when you've actually gotten together yeah. with those Norris guys. Norris Lake, Norris Lake yeah. All Star. That's fun. Norris Lake All Stars. What a great name! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little name that I made up just because, like, my buddy was like, "So playing at this boat dock, like, I just need some guys here if you can come into town, like, we'll get this group together real quick." All my best buddies that I grew up with. That's cool. And so we had a great time, and man, we. I feel like we're a pretty good band for getting together once a year. Right? <laughs> it's definitely a laid back feel. It's definitely a, yeah, we're all kind of hanging out and making people happy at the boat or at the, at the lake while they're partying. Yeah. But I like it. It sounds like a good time. And, and I think I remember the, the pictures from the weekend that looked like it was, at, you, y'all had a real good time too. You, tra- you traveled back home a lot, don't you? Yeah, I tried to. Yeah. It seems like it. It seems like you uh, get down there Quite a bit. Did uh, school bring you to Louisville? Did you come to Louisville yeah. when you went to sign in UofL? Yeah, I was from UofL. Yeah. Okay. And you majored in music? Um, originally, injured, uh, uh, engineering. Did you go to speed school? Yeah, I went to speed school. <laughs> uh, I did also. I did too. <laughs> yeah, I made it one semester. I did not, and I still didn't make it a semester. <laughs> uh, I remember, you know what I remember about speed school? I remember taking physics with 400 and something 18-year-olds in a big auditorium, and I was lost. Yeah, that's the first, first F I ever had in my life. <laughs> that that stuff really is like some cryptic, you know, magic stuff, like some black magic. Yeah. It's hard to understand, for sure. Yeah, it seems like you wrote with both, both hands on the board. And <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. So I didn't, I didn't last long in speed school. Hey, I got a but, question, man. Yeah. What are we drinking tonight? We uh, didn't cheers. We jumped, right? We didn't cheers, man. We're going to probably die of poison. I mean, serious. Poisoning. What the hell's going well, on cheers, around fellas. here, man? Cheers. What are we drinking? Cheers. Come on. So bro. right now, what we have in our glass, well, what Uh-oh. you did have in your no! glass. No! <laughs> no! Time out while Brent, or Brent. <laughs> I called you by, by my son's name when you spilled your drink. I like your son right now. I should be disciplined. All right, how wet did you get? It only took 139 episodes to spill a glass. Oh, no, believe me. So no. No. But I will say that was probably the best spill of 139 episodes. Yeah, he, he left no doubt that he was spilling that one. Oh, man. So we were drinking some good trouble. Uh, he damn near threw it on Oliver. <laughs> I'm glad that mic was there blocked it a little bit. You know what? I had a great question, too. Do you I remember totally it? forgot it. Was it I, had a, I had a good one, you too. like your bourbon? Come back In your me. face! You got one, Brent? Yeah, I was getting... Right. So when you go back home, uh, so Levi, you still yeah. see him? Or, what? you know, when you were a kid, what kind of music did he play that inspired you? Yeah, he um, kind of got me into guitar. He brought a guitar over. Uh, and since his dad is a big music guy, brought it over and we kind of started learning together. Uh, but, oh, man, we went through all types of styles. I mean, we went through phases of punk rock, you know, Dead Kennedys, Black Flag. Went through phases of this acoustic rock stuff, like the indie stuff or folk songwriters. Um, just curious about it all. I th- in my opinion, you, you've continued that. 
which is a good thing. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't like people. I don't like people. That's a bad way to say it. <laughs> a lot of people can get stuck doing the same thing over and over again with different lyrics. Or, mm-hmm. You know, and that is not something that doesn't happen on an album with you, more or less album to album, which I love. I like variety, being able to kind of shift gears and do things mm-hmm. like that. And I think you're awesome with that. And it sounds like that comes very naturally. Is it stuff that like finds you or, or, or is it stuff you're looking for? You're like, okay, I've done enough of this. Let's move on to the next thing. Are you, uh, or do you just consider yourself open enough to, I'm just listening and then I hear something and all right, let's go there. Um, pretty curious uh, all the time. I want to, I want to hear some new music all the time. Um, but yeah, if, if something's stuck in your head, you know, you kind of want to listen to that or something, something similar to that get on little tangents of yeah of a certain style but I, I like just a really well put together song most of the time and um there's a lot of genres that the way they use conventions you know i think it's sometimes important not to change the song too much and we've got to really play with that balance growing up because me and my friends were writing since the beginning and we were just writing stuff about all anything we could possibly write about. Yeah. And sometimes it went like super out there and there's these songs that don't really make sense in in the words or sometimes with the chords and things like that. So it's drifting in and out of that like chaos of finding something new and like using coming back into the conventions of Genres or rather styles or neighborhoods. A lot of times you can do that within one song. I mean, you know, you've got a lot of, there's, there's, there's interesting things that go along with your songs. Like, you know, some of them are, you know, Roger Goins. These are, it's a story. And then the the others are just more like you talked about uh, dramatic or, or, or kind of have a flow to them. Like, you know, and you're not afraid to have a, a song that's two minutes and 30 seconds that gets to the point and then have, you know, like your, I believe the last release with Blind Feline was almost seven minutes or was it, was it seven minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you allow, I think it's a freedom to be able to allow yourself to go, all right, we're just going to go wherever it takes us and who gives it, who gives a shit what genre it is or what yeah. people consider it. I think that's a huge part of why I'm doing solo and acoustic things a lot because it's like that to a whole nother level Mm. how so uh because i write so much that you know i can't keep like bands i can't have bands learn everything that i write i always have something new that i want to play and i also want to play it in different ways and experiment with the ways playing a song really so once you put something to paper it's not solidified even after you sing it not always. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. No, that's 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 that kind of lends to the open mindedness, man. Because I feel like, and then even if I hand a song to somebody and say, "Hey, what do you think? What can you do?" It would still be, even if hey, here's some things that you can do to make it better. We would do it, but I would resist. That is like a res- I, re- I would naturally resist that. 
it doesn't seem like you naturally resist. What would how would you handle that? Do you resist that? Well, I might. I don't have the skills to do that. I'm not skilled enough to do that. I've got to learn a song as is and practice it to be able to get to, I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that to that level as a musician where I could just play a song differently every time. Yeah. When I was growing up, I listened to a ton of live stuff. And back in the day, it was hard to get live stuff. It wasn't like Spotify where you had, but you, you could get bootlegs of, of concerts and that was the way to, to get stuff. But uh, a lot of bands would do things Here's a song. Here's how we do it. Here's a song. Here's how we do it. And I did. I, I like the Counting Crows back in the day because their live stuff. The coolest thing about Adam Duritz as a, a, a singer and a lyricist was he never sang anything live the way he sang sang it on the record, and it was never the same twice. Yeah. Which I'm assuming that kind of leads to the same brain that you all must have some type of similar brain to that. To where here's the lyrics, but the shape of them is not solidified. They're, they're movable just like every chord on this guitar. Or, you know, I don't, I, I I'm kind of like you. It's hard for me to wrap my head around that. <laughs> well, I, you don't always get it the first time, you know, it's like the first time you write it down, um, it may still have to go through a few changes before it's like where you need to be. And, you know, I'm sure you guys experienced from recording, like cutting a track with your band or something that, um, you know, a song might, by the time you are done recording it, it ends up being different than it was when oh, yeah. you first yeah, wrote it. Yeah. Arrangement things. Yeah. You know, that's that's the name of the game. But yeah, it's really impressive when a band can do that live and do it differently and do alterations because they're all playing together. Yeah. They're used to doing it that one way for the record, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then they're able to change it. So we're getting there. We We kind mm-hmm. of... We've been hinting at that, and we've done that a few times recently. But we're getting to the point where we who blind feline, yeah, with blind feline, yeah, yeah. yeah you got it. You know, I was just thinking that you've probably you collaborate with a lot of musicians. I know. Mm-hmm. I guess you know blind feline's your 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 boys, your main band, I guess. Mm-hmm. But how many? How many bands do you think? You well, played? you got Zuzu, yeah, yeah. How many bands know, does I mean, do? How many bands do you? Could call you right now, anytime, and say, "Hey, can you come play with us?" I think the answer is probably going to be, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> More than ten. There's, uh, mm, I would say something around ten, probably yeah, over yeah. all regions. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You got to think he's got like three or four of himself. Considering the North Lake All Star Band too, man. The Tennessee uh, East Tennessee is awesome. like a second home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you probably go down there. I'm sure everybody wants to play with Oliver in Eastern Kentucky. I've been yeah, been there a lot, and it's a uh, you know that feeling when you you like walk up to somebody or you see someone randomly and you just like head nod at them. You make contact with somebody you're like oh you're you're probably cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that friendliness you know like in the music scene is very strong there. Um, in Eastern yeah. Kentucky? Yeah, from my experience. Yeah. So I've related to a lot of people on musical terms and just like personally, you know, met a lot of good folks there. And so I play there a lot as well. Have you been down since all the devastation of the floods or any of that stuff? Yeah. We did a, I wish I could have done more. Uh, we did a benefit, uh, Breathitt County benefit. It was in Berea. 
about 10 songwriters came down and played in this church, raised some money and uh I think I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It looked like an awesome uh, lineup as well. A lot of good guys, yeah. Yeah. So are you uh are you just now really getting into the uh solo acoustic you know a little more deeply and going to start recording some solo acoustic stuff or yeah. have you or where are you in the process? Yeah, it's it's like a it feels like home to me. It's it feels like coming back almost to acoustic um getting back into it more deep. Yeah. But it's always there. Always been playing acoustic. Um but you don't have any albums or anything out at this have, point, do you? No, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, did you mention like when you picked up Martin and did a little strumming? It's like, man, it's like being around the bonfire again. It, it's <laughs> what it's like for me. I mean, it's playing an acoustic, going back to the just bare bones. It's what it's. It, it's a hug, man. It's a nice warm hug around oh, the bonfire. Yeah. Is what it is. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels good. Yeah, it does. I definitely want to record that, and I want it to make it feel just just like you said. Yeah, I want to make it feel like you're around a campfire in a record if I can, you know. Cool. Yeah. Well, you sent me some uh, some cell phone uh, <laughs> recordings, right? Yep. Yeah. Let's go ahead and listen to one. Tell, tell us about Gambling Man. We'll start off with Gambling Man. All right. I can't believe I spilled that bourbon. <laughs> All right. Sorry, man. <laughs> that bird dog's dog good, man. Tell us yeah, a little Oliver story about us, gambling, man. Hold on, I, I can't. I got to mention that Oliver brought the bird dog. Yeah, let me see, let me see that. So we're getting some bird dog, and also you know, I think, Brent's brother's <laughs> nickname is Bird Dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I explained why earlier. Did you yeah. get you some of that, Brent? I have not. I'm, yeah, I'm almost done. With, all right, I'm gonna. I'll try a little okay. bit here. They make flavored just, bourbons, I think. Just dude, just don't a minute. They? Bird dog, do they make flavored do bourbons? They? I think so. That ain't flavored. It's, it's flavored like bourbon. Yeah, it's got oak, oak <laughs> flavor. It's yeah. good. <laughs> All right, tell us about gambling, man. It's a little, uh, little ditty. <laughs> 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 Honestly, uh, and kind of just a little blues ditty. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I got a dollar and a fifty cents on you. I, I. I rhymed like a dollar and fifty cents with a natty and a pack of reds. Ooh, nice. <laughs> and when I did that, I was like, hmm, that sounds cool because that's just that feeling you're kind of like dismissive a little bit. You're like, all right, whatever. You know, um, I got my natty and pack of reds. You know, I don't need I don't need this woman, whatever. <laughs> uh, but you know that I've always been a gambling man. And once once I hit, I was just like, okay, let me just bring it out of the fingers. Do some finger picking on it. So blues diddy. Alright, All right. let's check it out. Got a nut and a pack of ribs on you, 
Father's gone down yeah. with Doc Watson on us, man. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's, good. yeah, that's a great nice line. Man. Great line. Thanks, man. Yeah, I love Doc Watson. Oh. So thank you. Yeah, dude. You are playing amazing. a little Doc Watson when you've got here tonight, I heard. I don't know what I was playing, man. Yeah, you were playing, uh, what was it, Rag? Uh, Black, Black Mountain Rag? I don't know. Oh, I yeah. wish I could play that. Yeah, that's You can play it. Everybody, we, everybody can play we it. We might have to revisit that after the go. podcast. All right, man. There's acoustics <laughs> everywhere. We can do some kicking. I wonder if anybody's ever put out a uh, an EP of cell phone recordings. Yes. There was a guy that did, Lee told us about, right? Yeah. The guy was from a, Kentucky. And he, he, it was a cell phone was recording. It was a success, that, dude. Yeah. yeah. There's Huge. something about listening to cell phone recordings. I don't know what it is. If it's, it's in a good room, if it's in a good room I and you have you good acoustics, is. I think it sounds pretty good. It's reminiscent of listening to records because it's got that little bit of a hiss in the back. It's, yeah. it's kind of got a little room depend. noise. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> yeah. Plus yeah. these things, these things are awesome. Phones these days, dude, we record our entire one-shot series with a phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, not the audio. No, audio too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kind of phone you had. <laughs> no, but think about that. I mean, the the, the technology of, of these things. The iPhone 14 just came out. I'm gonna wait till the 23 comes out to get the new Samsung. Our video is gonna be amazing. Well, if you remember, the very first one shot we did, uh, my daughter came over with her camera she uses for YouTubing, and it's a yeah. it's a nice camera. And we compared oh, yeah. we compared her camera. To my cell phone and your cell phone, and your cell phone had the best picture. That's, that's crazy. why. That's why we ended up going with that's it. Samsung for life over here. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Speaking of, what we uh, we got to mention Oliver, the host. You know, Oliver's a host. I saw that. What are you doing? You doing well, like an right. open mic? No, it's like a radio show or yeah, something, man. So we're, we are doing a radio show. Um, at first, I was on this radio show in Richmond, Kentucky. Yeah. And what's the, what's the show called? It's called Overtones Live. Overton, Overtones? Uh-huh. Overtones Live. So I um, ended up there. I forgot how I got in contact with them initially, but I played there and met a lot of great artists um, from that area. And I was very inspired to and excited to be on the radio, get my originals out there. And uh, one day the lady there asked me to guest host. So from there, it just kind of started making more sense. I never thought that I'd be the host of anything. <laughs> you know, I just, I didn't think I was the type of person that would be the host of some type of podcast or radio show. But um, she liked it and we needed one in Louisville. So I was like, well, I know a lot of artists in Louisville that could benefit from this just like I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've been compiling you know, the, these radio recordings of all my favorite artists in Louisville. We've done one once a month. We've done three so far. We had the Hill Figs on there. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Hill Figs. Yeah. What you, happened there, Oliver? Do you Tyler know, do you know he, the story? Yeah, I know Wait, the story. I th- they're playing Sunday he went at on the Enchanted this, Forest, right? He went on the, they went on there and then broke up because, you know, they, they got radio, famous on the radio <laughs> and shit started going down. <laughs> Something mysterious at that that night at yeah, the radio show. It, it was, that's what I heard. Overtone, <laughs> Overtones Live did it. <laughs> they're playing it's Sunday at the Enchanted Forest, I saw. The Hill the Figs? The Hill Figs? Yes. Nah. I don't think so. You mm. sure? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Maybe they're having a... 
Reunion? Reunion already. <laughs> like, dude, they're doing their, uh, they're doing the same thing the Grateful Dead's getting ready to do, their last concert tour. Do you know that? I'm going. Yeah. I vow to go. You going? I'm in. Watch them do it three more times. I'm in. Who cares? <laughs> they, they, this is the first last tour, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's still the Grateful Dead, so can't I, go I'm, wrong. I've, got, I'm a, I've never been. I've got to go. I'm, I'm committing to the to the journey. So where do you go to, to hear your radio program? Um, you can hear them on Spotify, I think. Um, but they get broadcasted through Forward Radio in Louisville, um, as well as WMMT, Whitesburg, Kentucky. Um, there's one in Jackson or Moorhead uh, in Moorhead. Lexington. There's online versions of all of these radio shows. Killer Cowboy is another one that's in Texas. How oh, sweet. That's cool. Yeah, man. I've noticed uh, anything that you can do to promote other live music is, especially as an artist, I just think it's a, you create so many great relationships doing that. You get to meet so many great people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think like, it expands, it kind of expands your mind. I think that us doing this, I mean, we're 139 episodes in and the one thing that I think it's done for me, uh, Brad, maybe the same for you, is is you, you like stuff you didn't know you liked. You mm. you meet people that you just instantly have uh, connections with and bonds with and then it, it, it really expands, it, it expands my musical universe in a major way. Oh, yeah. Big time. Have you yeah. noticed, I mean, I know you're three in, but you have so many connections. I mean, have you noticed that's something that's kind of happened um, once you made the move to Louisville, got into the music scene, and now being so so much further into it? I mean, it's been a year and a half since the first time we had a, uh, a podcast together, probably eight, nine months since the last time you were here. What is What does that growth look like for you as far as not only your music, where you're at, but just your whole, the musical journey and the atmosphere that you've created and have around you right now? Uh, the perspe- uh, perspective yeah. that's been gained over that time is is just huge and just way different, you know? And I have a long way to go as far as learning, creating, but compared to where I was, it's a huge growth in perspective. And I'm a music fan, of course. So... Like you said, like when you're li- when you have all these people on the podcast, you're hearing all these different essentially concerts, yeah, and 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 conversations. Of course, that's a huge part of it too. But you know, when I go to shows, when I see people do a really good performance, I it just feels very enlightening, mm. and you walk out of there with that like really uplifted feeling, and or even if it was like a sad concert, someone playing some really sad songs you just feel inspired in some way you feel like i just got kind of enriched my mind yeah. with this um experience like you just read a book and you just closed the last page mm. that's an interesting way to put yeah. it yeah yeah especially in song form you know start to finish it's 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 a weird art form anyway that can kind of move you in a million directions in a night you know i guess mm. if you looked at the Say you look at a concert as as a book and you got each song's a chapter. Every chapter can take you in a different direction. Mm. You know, we went 
we went to uh, Bourbon and Beyond last last weekend, Brent and I and a bunch of other people, uh, my wife. Saturday Pro Jam was amazing. And it was a it was an awesome experience to see those guys again. We went to Stapleton on on Sunday. And did you talk about somebody that can move you to tears with his lyrics and and his the way he sings and the harmonies that they have? Uh, that was like an emotional journey. You know, there's one thing to be said about a rock show. There's another thing to be said about kind of what you're doing now. Just rolling. I'm going to bring it back to basics. I mean, it's going to be me, this guitar, the lyrics, and you're going to hear hear my my soul uh, with nothing in between that. Does does kind of like getting that experience from a show, writing these songs, and then putting that out there, when you strip it down like that, does it make it a little bit more intimidating for you in any way? Or are you just so used to it at this point where it's just no big deal? Especially when you have like a new song that's kind of bare. I love doing new songs. I love doing it. But I'm not going to perform it unless I know it's ready, you know, to some extent. But yeah, I love to do that. Like every, every song is is bringing people on a journey. So I don't really pay attention to, oh, people want to hear this certain song all the time. You know, sometimes, like, yeah, it's good to read the room. You know, you don't want to bust into, like, a crazy bluegrass, like, high-energy thing when, (laughs) and it's, like, really loud in, like, a quiet little club (laughs) with a bunch of, like, super old folks or something. (laughs) Um, Roger Roger Goins in a coffee shop. (laughs) (laughs) That type of thing. And the funny thing is, like, that, like, I do like to kind of be brash a little bit sometimes, like, at certain points in the show, um, but I've learned how to keep that, like, at only certain times to kind of step out of, you know, where you want to be. But I do like to play with that. Mm. When I... I guess it comes from that punk rock, you know, influence. When I used, when I was first playing open mics in Louisville, I would go there with, sometimes I'd have electric and somebody else or an acoustic. And the type of songs I was writing, honestly, I really don't like the songs uh, at all. Um, They were definitely very high energy and like hype and got people kind of, grooving or dancing or kind of being like, whoa, this dude's crazy. You know, that type of, that type of energy that you're feeling. Um, and I remember I would do that at open mic because the open mic um, at this one bar, nobody would be paying attention, right? So a part of the open mic is I'm practicing how to perform to these people and to get people's attention to an extent. And so... I planned out the show where the first song was a big hitter and it got people's attention just through that rawness, that raw energy. And then the second one, I might throw something else in there to work on this different type of song where it's maybe slower, um, more of like a sultry type of groove. And then work on playing that and performing it like like nobody's watching or like you're just supposed to be performing it. And then uh, by the end of that, it was like, and keep in mind these, I wasn't very good at this time. Like I was <laughs> like really struggling through these open mics. And so by the end of that second song, everybody stopped paying attention. They're turned around at the bar talking and they're loud at this point. 
Then I planned the third song out, my last song, to be a big hitter again. To go out with a bang. Be like, yo, I, I played here, y'all. By the way. <laughs> like, and make them know I just played here. But, you know, my approach has definitely changed a lot. As, as you get better, like, I don't have to rely on, like, antics, in a sense, to perform. I'm a pretty just laid-back performer now. It sounds like uh, Oliver treated open mic nights like my sex game. Come in hot. (laughs) (laughs) Just get through the middle and with a bang. (laughs) My wife would appreciate that. (laughs) And it's only three songs worth, so you don't have to stay around too long. It's quick. Let's get this over with. This is for you. I was I was here and I'm done. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, Oliver, you're talking about playing and getting better, and you you know you, you say you're fairly disciplined. Uh, what are what's somebody like you, you know, that's uh, I would consider you know proficient at the at the guitar and, and pretty dang on uh, one hell of a player. What are you working on now, and what do you think you need to grow in right now, and how, how are you doing that? Uh, just writing a lot of songs. I feel like my ears changing a little bit. It's uh, developing. Um, got a lot of songs in me that I still haven't wrote and uh, I'm kind of like landscaping kind of in my head what they what they look like like when you sit down are you thinking now solo acoustic versus three piece band and do you write different differently or what's that look like no no yeah actually it's just all I was answering that when he was asking I was like no you don't write different yeah, they're all pretty much, uh, they start out, like, they might change for a, a three-piece application or even more that's pieces. That's a good band name, three-piece three application. Like, like three-piece application. That's, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be seeing that band at the top hill. <laughs> it, might be, it might be us three right here. <laughs> Welcome to three-piece three application. <laughs> Let's listen to another tune. Tell us about Run on Love. Um, Speaking of new songs, I wrote this like two days ago. Shut your mouth. Oh, okay. So, it's... uh, It might be different if you come here live. (laughs) Might be different next time. So, we're going to hear the first phone recording. Yep. Yep. All right. (laughs) Before you finish this, I had a question about the songwriting that we... Do you ever pick up a guitar and go, this has a ton of songs left in it? Do you ever do that? I do that. Do you do that? Oh, what, after a song? No, like you'll, you're playing a guitar. There's just something about that guitar that has a million songs in it. Some, most, oh, some guitars instrument? don't. Yes, the instrument itself, it, it, there's something about it that's like, you need to stick with this for a minute because there's a ton of songs in this guitar. Yeah. Mm. yeah do you ever yeah, get yeah. that? I'm telling yeah, I you, think, man. I think songs can definitely, I mean, uh, guitars can influence that a lot. I'm yeah. telling you, dude. It makes a difference what guitar you're playing. Yep. I never thought about that, Neil, but I love that. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. I think it's true. There's, I have a million songs out of that Takamini, but that old Takamini that I've had forever. But you pick up a different guitar. The Eastman, there's a million songs. Now. I've got this Eastman uh, SS20 slope. It's awesome. It's just a little bluegrass guitar. And I'm telling you, man, I picked the day I got that. I got a song out of it, and it just produces songs. There's something about that guitar. The old uh, Martin that I broke the, broke the neck on the Sigma. That thing had, had has a million songs in it. If I get the neck replaced, but there's something 
there's something to it, man. There's something to like, that might not be the one, but there's another guitar that you pick up and you're like, I don't know what it is, but I have a million songs left. Do you always guitar. write on an acoustic? No. Most time? Hmm. What about you, Oliver? Yeah, most time. <clears throat> most times on acoustic because that's the most convenient thing. I'll say, yeah. <clears throat> but sometimes, and Oliver, I'm sure it's the same with you because you're, you have a lot of uh, stuff that is like with me, like riffy. So if you get something that, that you write on an electric that is just this, has this meaty nastiness to it, you can play it on the, the acoustic, like uh, use you. You can play it on the acoustic, but on an electric, it just, it's meaner. It pops. Yeah, it's just yeah. meaner. There's something about, yeah, so every now and again, you'll pick up an, I'll pick up an electric and there's just something mm. in that, that one reminds that day. Me, that reminds me of this one song uh, that we have coming out on Blind Feeling's new record. Mm. Mm -mm. Look for that. Like, when is that coming out? 2023. Shut your mouth. Yeah, sometime uh, 2023. What? We already recorded it. Uh, um, so, which is good because, like, this process ended up, it actually happened in the studio, but I heard it um, from the time I first wrote it on the acoustic, where I'm writing this tune, which, by the way, the chorus of the tune came from like seven years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where I just randomly was playing it, recorded it on the phone or something. Listen to it again years later. Oh, yeah, that song. That it just like captured this essence of myself a long time ago, but still to this day. And, and even it's become like more and more true with time mm. as I like listen back on it. And then because I had like more life experience, I could like, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm ready to write this thing. So I wrote the verses and completed the song. It's called Swimming. And But when I played it on that acoustic and got it all together before we got it to the band and recorded, I'm playing it, and when I go up to the chorus part, I'm like, okay, that's electric guitar right there on the chorus. You just knew. Yeah, yeah. I, I, heard it, I heard it in the back of my head. I was like, oh, yeah, that's like a nasty, like heavy electric. You know what's funny about that? Think about think about the what you just talked about. The chorus is one thing. The verse is a different thing. It's written at different times. You play the verse with it. It's like that young angsty stuff you wrote five, seven years ago needed that that anger or whatever it was that called for that electric while everything now that you're kind of like realizing that you wrote that and it makes more sense now. You can look at it in a different light and it sounds better acoustic. Is that weird? Gene, does that make sense? I didn't catch it. Oh my God, it. dude. Did, did, did it make sense to yes. you? Yes. No, I think it makes total sense. Do you think about it? So, like, the choruses, right, that he wrote years ago. Yeah. That's what called for the 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 drivey electric. Yeah. So, it, it's like you almost you almost needed that time in that space. Oh, you space. said that's what you were saying in all those words? That's what I was saying. Hey, you could have done it in five, man. <laughs> but I was trying. You weren't listening. You weren't even looking at me. <laughs> Yeah, but he looked at me this episode. You know, you know <laughs> Ever what I, since I spilled that drink, man. <laughs> you know what I was looking at? I was looking at that bottle of bird dog. It's good. Did, you want to pass it over yet? Uh, I'm going to have to try that too. <laughs> That's what I call the Ryan West. 
No, I don't take that personal, Neil. I zone out no, sometimes. I'm just kidding. I know, man. You're probably reading he something. He kept it straight there. with me. He said, oh, no, I didn't get that. <laughs> hey, man, we, we, don't, we don't lie around here. Oh, man. We, we just, you know, tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, right, we were yeah, getting, I remember what we were doing. We are going to listen to Run this? On Love. Yeah, yeah let's check it out. Here we go. Two days old. <laughs> <laughs> two days old, brand new phone recording. Two, three, four. Out of nowhere I have stumbled into love Oh so gently you were captured like a dove I decided I wouldn't hide it Jump right in Oh so brightly I invite thee to the end gotten so much cleaner yeah. I love that. vocally it's got that's everything's awesome. got that's that's in the year and a half it's just polished it's starting to get everything's starting to get polished the vocals uh the playing which the playing was good anyway it was already good um but it just sounds so clean i mean that's a that that's a phone recording yeah which means you hit record you put your hands on the instrument and you start playing and sing so there's, there's no compression. There's no anything else. It's what you hear is what you played. So for me, that's the biggest job. I don't know about Brad. You, you've uh, seen the progress. And you're still like, yeah. dude, for us, you're still a baby. You're still young. You, so for that leap that much in you know a year and a half, man, it just, I appreciate it, yeah. it just shows how many hours you're putting in. I've been trying. I've been trying real hard to clean it up. Exactly. Well, controlling that, controlling that grit, you know, because mm-hmm. like it still definitely shines through. I feel like the chorus on that song, definitely, especially on that corn, uh, that that phone recording, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of breaks up, you know, with the sound of my voice on that. It kind of like distorts, and like I like that, you know. Yeah. I kind of I've been messing around with how to kind of cushion that, you know, with air mm-hmm. and get that tone, you know, the way I want to where it's still clean, but it it drives and, and gives, like, the sound distortion a little bit. Yeah. Well, totally that, I mean, dude, vocally, the tone on that's great. Like, mm-hmm. I, and, dude, the low end on the, what about the low E on that voice these days, <laughs> man? Yeah. Yeah. He's down there. He's he had that, the Johnny, he had that Johnny Cash dude. He said, uh, <laughs> you know, ring of fire shit. Like, what? <laughs> Come on, man. What? <laughs> Come on. That's as low as I can go right there. That's all you need. <laughs> you hit yeah. the sweet spot. <laughs> so, Oliver, what are you thinking on as far as the timeline on uh, getting some of your solo stuff recorded and out to people? Well, I've been doing a lot of sessions lately, and uh, I've just been recently 
doing uh, some some friends uh, down in uh, the Nashville area that are in school uh, doing projects. They they need people to record, and I'm like, okay, I would love to That's record. Handy. Belmont is it Belmont? Uh, Belmont, MTSU, um, SAE. Where's Middle Tennessee? Another one. Is that Murfreesboro? Murfreesboro. Okay. Okay. Yeah, dude, that's a volunteer all day on that. I mean, that's the yeah. easiest way to go. People need people yeah. down there all the time. It's Spencer talked about that before. He talked about it because he was looking at Belmont. It's a win-win. Dude, I'm going to go ahead and say it on this podcast because I've had enough drink. Uh, Spencer Corbin applied on a whim to freaking, uh, what is it? Berkeley, L-E-E in Berkeley. Boston. Sweet. And got accepted. 25 kids get so accepted awesome. out of like 20,000. Oh, well, congratulations. Awesome. He says he's not going to do it because he'd put him about half a million dollars in debt. Well, hell yeah. Are you oh, serious? 100,000 a year. But Damn shame. It's cool as hell he hey, got accepted. One of, he's one of 25 people to be accepted in the Berkeley School of Music. But no, wow. <laughs> yeah. how that crazy says is a that? Lot. That says a lot about it's about insane. Him. It's insane. That, you know, another thing insane. What's that? Predatory lending in college. <laughs> <laughs> that's, there that's should not fact. be any nineteen-year-old that can take on a hundred thousand dollars a year of debt. Well, hey man, if you're especially uh, if you're gonna be a musician. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if he yeah. was, if he was night, if he travesty was, right there. Yeah. Fortunately, if he was nineteen, I think he'd do it. He's twenty-one. He's smart enough to go. That don't, that's, a, that's a profit deal. <laughs> hey, yeah, I got oh, wait, another wait. one here Good I want to listen to, man. Wait, tell I got us. one more question. Well, all right, we got another song too. Kentucky, right, go we ahead, got let's two do more. That. Kentucky, right, yeah, tell us about Kentucky. Then we'll come to Neil's question. Um, I wrote this randomly um, this year as well. Pretty new song. Um, just a feel-good song, and I guess I was just thinking about a certain storyline that I've. Uh, in a sense, like that I've kind of been through, but it's also kind of like a reflection of of what someone else could experience. Um, like in it, it talks about your papa wants to see me, says he wants to wish me luck on me and your brother's turkey hunt. So I'm like, you know, that's, you know, uh, but, but then, so uh, he wants to wish me luck on the turkey hunt. Then he offers me his blessings to asking for your hand, you know, so he like uses a turkey hunt to uh like um cover up that he's that I'm asking his blessings for his hand. So it's not actually happened, you know, I am not married. <laughs> uh, but the story, bro. It's a story. Yeah. It's a story yeah. and and it's like very likely story and it's just very it's a very Kentucky flavored story and it and it also kind of refers to everything that I've experienced when when moving up here. Right. Oh, cool. Right on. Kentucky. Oh, the stars, how they shine on Kentucky tonight. And the moon is so gentle on the mind. As the mountains glow blue, I grow closer to you. The mountains and your love draw me in every time. Gazing to December green waters, your reflection tells you what you need to know. You 
words will make it It all started in Kentucky Some telling where it'll go listening to all the Oliver Solo stuff a question actually it, that led me into another question will will this stuff eventually be converted into band stuff will will it hit hit the stage with full band regardless of what form if it's blind feline or like Oliver Solo band with different instrumentation or whatever that looks like uh Will these songs just be acoustic in you, or will it expand? Um, it's it's untelling right now. It could. All right, I'm, I'm open to that. Second question: You ever thought about doing a Hank Williams the Third set? Hey, do you know what that is? All right, uh, so yes, Hank Three. Yeah, so Hank Three comes out. First set is straight country, old school Hank Williams mm. bluegrass. Second set metal is straight <laughs> band as hard as you need to go. Deal because you know, honestly, it's pretty badass. Well, think about it, man. There's he's the only person that really does that. Number one, and number two, I think you you kind of set your not even purposely, it's not like you have any intent to be like, I'm gonna be this and then I'm gonna be this and this. And that's what I love about you. There is no, um, you're not looking to sell a million records because of you're trying to find something you're just doing you you're making your art but your art is so expandable that you have the ability to do the blind feline thing make it big and loud but you also can do the old school almost straight bluegrass or, or old school country vibe too so or not even vibe just they're they're almost two separate things have you ever thought about doing hey it's oliver knight first set is here's this set of music Next set, we're going nuts. I like that idea. Uh, I like that idea a lot. Um, Punk. Well, actually, I mean, he, he does, that's what he does. For, yeah. uh, um, I like that. And and you mentioned Hank 3. I just want to also say, like, Hank 3 followed me on YouTube. Shut up. The other day. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, And that, that just happened, like, the other day. So I'm still, like, pretty excited about nice. that because he's always been one of my favorites. Like, Hank 3, if you're listening to the Oliver podcast, what's come up, on, buddy? Man, come yes. on in. Come on come in on, to the Top of Recording Podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I'm gonna repost this on mine so he'll see it. Hey, there you go. But but yeah, like that sounds like a really good idea. Actually, it's funny you say that. A little change that we're about to make going forward soon with the band is going to kind of blend the two together a little bit more. Uh oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It, uh, it, it will, I'm sure. I'm interested yeah. to hear what that is. Because it sounds is like a, another piece of the puzzle to me. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But, it's but, another uh, piece of the puzzle, and because a right. lot of new songs are getting brought to the table. If it is a dobro, I'll freak out. Uh, <laughs> 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 That'd be amazing. Uh, <laughs> oh, that song "Swimming" that I was telling y'all about. Uh, I recorded pedal steel on it. You recorded? You played? I had a player. I was going to say, dude, if you play pedal steel too, I'm a. I wish. I'm kicking you out right now for playing too many instruments. I think to play pedal steel, you have to be over like 60, right? Like, there are many people that play pedal steel. We had like a 65 year old record on that. See, I told you. Nope. Dave Tuttle. I'm going to have to say shout out to Johnny Berry. I know he's not 65 years old, so how dare you? Uh, Do you know that? One exception yeah, to the rule. That's road. a bad man, dude. He's like my age. There ain't no way. He's on the pedal still. I've never seen. I've seen Johnny Berry, but I've never seen him play pedal still. Really? No, dude. He's a Beeblehauser too, man. He can play yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut yeah, up. He, he's unbelievable. He's not sixty. Wolfman <laughs> Branch, man. You, you, you invited me to their show for the first time, and and yeah. uh, that show changed my life. I mean, it absolutely was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Those guys are pros, yep. man. They're good. Gern, I mean, dude, they're Guernsey, him, they're... Yeah. He's amazing. They had uh, that Katie lady playing at the time mm -hmm. uh, at the barn. Yeah. And, man, that was the so barn. Good. That really made me, honestly, like, that probably made this acoustic thing that I've been, like, getting back into happen faster just because I saw that particular show. Oh, cool. And... Because when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, I would love to, like, have a bluegrass band. That's all I want to do, some too. Point. You, you want to be like, a dual bluegrass guitar band? That'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. I'm done. But, and then um, Arthur from their band handed me his personal CD, his, like, uh, his EP, live from Hillbilly Central. No kidding. After that show? After that show. Yeah. And I wore it out for literally, like, two years. <laughs> I still listen to I even like learned a couple of songs off of it and I played That's it cool. I played it in Eastern Kentucky one time like I was at a festival in uh, Irvin and I was like I wonder I was hanging out with this one guy from Irvin I was like I wonder if he'll know this song so I was like yeah this is this one song about that that one uh, that creek down here and I played it, and he was like, oh, yeah, I was just hanging out with him the other day. Oh, so I go to his house all the time. No I was like, tell him a motherfucker from Tennessee was <laughs> <laughs> going here playing his song. Because cool. I love, his, I love cool. his stuff. That's another one. So got to be listening to this podcast. Get him, come on in. Uh, please. <laughs> Ready, please, Wolfpin? Stop playing so much and come in here. All right, Oliver. <laughs> so our listeners that want to follow you and your band and just get to know you better, where can they go? Facebook. Oliver Sayani, Instagram, YouTube, Oliver Sayani. All right. Easy peasy. S-A-Y-A-N-I. Look at you, man. You're like a professional. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to go out with uh, advice. Tell us about that one. It all came to me at once. That song just, it all just came and flowed right in. And I said, I like that old country song. <laughs> <laughs> well man it's been great it's been a lot of fun having you back in here man. oh yeah absolutely man. yep thank you guys so much I appreciate you brother yep take it's care an honor. 
myself at too many troubles Sleepless nights I don't know why people ask me Guess I play it off real good Some people seem to think that I've got it made But I've been working in a hot sun Without any shade my whole damn life Nothing that's understood Be my daddy's son, but the life I lead is living on a run away from the past into a life unknown. Lord knows that mama tried, but she seemed to chase women, and she seemed to lie, and she seemed to get high. Lord knows I like to get stoned. Guess I play it all pretty good. 